glad your sins have been taken away. Why don't you all stand and some somebody turn around someone near you and give them a big Holy Ghost smile and tell them it's good to see them in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. It's great to be in the house of the Lord, not just to honor our graduates, but to honor the Lord Jesus Christ, who's been so good to me. I cannot tell it all. Amen. I cannot tell it all. I am thankful that you're here. I know these graduates are honored that you're here tonight, and I am delighted to have a longtime friend Brother Jimmy Odo with us tonight. So thankful. Love this man very much. I'm glad he has chosen. He told me, he said, I drove by 35 churches to get to yours tonight. I said, I feel special. <laughs> he came all, actually, there's more than that. He came all the way from Kingwood. Amen. Thank you for being faithful to the house of God. Pray that God will give us good speed this week with our recovery. Uh, if it's all possible, we're going to try to move into the auditorium at least temporarily here, uh, maybe this next weekend. I don't know. So if you get a late minute call to come and help us, please don't ignore the phone call. Amen. We need you and uh, we need you to come by and help us. For a few moments, I'm going to talk to these graduates and everybody else that will listen. If you don't, I may throw something at you, so you better pay attention tonight. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I might as well be honest. There's times that I... But I, I do want to share with you something the Lord has given me. Perhaps it will be a blessing to these young people. I'm proud of all of them. I want to say to them uh, how thankful I am for their accomplishments, but I am extremely proud of all of our young people right now. I tell they deserve that. It has been a long time since we have had a youth group like this, and I know that a lot of it is due to good parents. Amen. And some, well, I won't go there. And good leadership. Brother Land and Sister Sarah do such a marvelous job. And uh, I am proud of all of them. They're getting ready to go to Youth Congress. And not their fault, but weather and all of the other complications that come with the flood has kind of interrupted their fundraising efforts and so they're a little short on their uh, offering what they need and so next Sunday we're going to take a special love offering for our young people and I'm going to give you an opportunity to be a blessing to them so be mindful of that this week and pray the Lord will help you to put enough zeros on the end of that that one just put enough zeros on it and you'll solve all of our problems Amen. If you have your Bibles for just a few moments, the book of Psalms 119, 
I am going to begin with verse 105. Not a strange verse to anyone here, not a strange passage by any means. I dare say, though, many of you may not have read it all the way through because it is the longest chapter in the Bible. And sometimes the getting started and getting through don't always match up. But it is a powerful, powerful chapter about the Word of God and its influence upon our life. And it reads like this, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn, or I have made a covenant, or I have made a vow, and I will perform it. I've made a promise, and I'm going to do that, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Look again at the power of that word. Except I beseech thee, the free will offerings, except I beseech thee, the free will offering of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an, in, as an heritage forever. For they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. To all of our graduates tonight, we applaud you for your accomplishments. And I know that for some of you, the journey has been more difficult perhaps than uh, others, but you're here tonight. It's taken us a while to get to this night to honor you, but we are we're proud of you. I know your parents are. They're relieved probably more than anything. I heard one time that behind every good man is a surprise mother-in-law, and behind every graduate are parents that are scratching their heads sometimes wondering how did we get here. But it is the case that we are here to honor them. But lest you become intoxicated on your newfound freedom, let me remind you that graduation is not an end. If you remember correctly, a few weeks past, you went to a commencement exercise. The word commencement means beginning or dawn. It is the start of something new. And certainly this is a new chapter for their life. But for all of us, we all come to junctures of that nature in life. A doctor was traveling to find a patient in a small town when he came to a split in the road on a backcountry lane and the road sign at the fork of the road pointed in both directions to go to the city where he wanted to go. And so he saw a farmer standing nearby and he said, Sir, does it matter which road I take to get to town? The old farmer raised his head up, No, not to me it doesn't. And to a lot of people, the road you take doesn't matter. But it does to God and it does to us. 
And we want to encourage you to make sure that you take the right road. What you do from this point in your life is critically important. You can get by with a lot of things when you're going through school, but when you get to graduation, life changes. A lot of folks are going to give their opinion about what you ought to do, but you need to be mindful that the decisions that you make now can set the tone for your life for a long time to come. Much like the cold north in Canada during the winter season, there are road signs posted along the highway. Be careful which rut you choose because you will be in it for the next 45 miles. And life is much like that. And now is a time when you are picking a way through life. Let me encourage you tonight to make sure that you prayerfully make right choices. The Lord spoke to me a few things to share with you, and I'm just going to give them to you, and then I'm going to let you go. But there are three things that every graduate, every adult, every mom and dad need in life to succeed. Number one, everybody needs a compass. A compass is an instrument that gives direction and orientation. We navigate by compasses. Something in life that will help us find the right way to go. And how important direction is in life. When you get going in a certain way, many times the momentum of life that builds up makes it difficult to make changes. So make sure that when you point your life in a direction, that it is in the direction that you want to wind up. I remember reading the story of a brilliant man who was also absent-minded. And he took a commuter uh, train to his work site on a weekly basis. He was familiar to everybody that was on uh, on site there. They all knew who he was. They knew this was part of his life. But on this particular occasion, when the uh, conductor came through to collect the tickets... He was in a frantic uh, search for his missing ticket. Somebody finally stopped him and said, Sir, calm down. We know who you are, and we know that you wouldn't get on here without purchasing a ticket. So don't worry about it. He said, I'm not worried about the ticket. He said, What I'm worried about is where I'm going, and I need my ticket to see where it is that I'm headed. And sometimes in life, we can get so caught up in living that we don't realize exactly where we're going till we get there and we don't like it. So make sure that you pick your directions properly. The best way to do it is obviously God's way. And he said, if you'll make his word a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, you will never have to worry about erring from the right way. It will always point you in the right direction. You may not always be perfect and you may not always do everything right, but if you will hang on to the Word of God, there is something in that Word that will always point you back in the right direction. The Bible said of Daniel that he went into Babylonian captivity and the only reason that he did not defile himself with the Babylonian meat and other practices, was that he purposed in his heart to stand. Somewhere along the way, though, something else happened. The Bible said in the sixth chapter that he opened his window eastward. 
and he knelt down and prayed. He knew that east was where God's city was. And he knew that was the direction that he needed to keep his life pointed, even in a wicked environment like Babylon. He chose the best direction to point himself. I want to advise you tonight to be careful the direction that you point your life. The second thing that every person needs is a good map. Doesn't matter if you've got a compass and you can know north, south, east, or west. If you don't have a, a plan or a drawing of some kind that will lay out the roads, you will find yourself extremely frustrated. I want to come again and remind you, young people, that this book is still the greatest road map of the soul that you will ever find. Not only a great road map for the soul, but it's a road map for your family and for your future and every relationship that you will develop in life. This is a great place to go to find direction. Dr. Phil, I'm sorry you don't have all the answers as wise as you may be. And I will tell you also that Oprah doesn't have it either. Well, I don't know who's taking her place, but whoever comes behind her. The answer is not in what man can do. The answer is in what the Word of God declares. So make sure that you have this good road map to follow. The third thing is that everybody needs a friend in life. Everybody needs somebody that you can connect with and stay connected that will sometimes come alongside and put a hand over your shoulder and encourage you. And other time they'll come behind you and kick you in the seat of the pants. Everybody needs that kind of friend. Because life can get really messed up. And sometimes you can pray until the heavens look like brass. And it seems like every word that you speak go no further than the roof of this building. But a friend can sit down beside you and lay their hand on your shoulder and say, I just wanted you to know I've been praying for you this week. I just want you to know that you have been in my thoughts and on my mind. Everybody needs a friend. And I want to know, I, I want you to know that you have friends in this building, but the greatest friend of all is the Lord Jesus Christ and He will stick closer than a brother or a sister or a mother or even a father. The Lord will stick closer than them all. You need a map. You need a compass. You need a friend. Dream great dreams and have great desires and make great plans. But make sure you mix into that equation some determination. Because you can have the greatest dreams in the world and you can have the greatest destination. But if you don't have a little determination, you're not going anywhere. I want to tell you tonight that the first thing that you've got to do is to take steps to succeed in your life. You cannot wait for somebody else to do that for you. Quit looking for some magic thing that will help you get there quicker. There is no shortcut to success. I heard the story one time of people that had gone to the Empire State Building. They were waiting in a long line to get on the elevator to go up to the top to the observation post. 
And they overheard one of the employees saying, it's a two-hour wait for the elevator, but the stairs are wide open. We don't like to have to climb stairs because that's work. But everybody that's built anything worthwhile, whether it's a marriage or a family or a business or your job or your future, you understand me tonight when, you, when I tell you that there is no free lunch in life. And everything that's worthwhile is going to take effort and it's going to take some determination. And you have to take steps in life to succeed. A young girl dreamed a dream one day. And she dreamed that she came into a shop and behind the counter stood Jesus. And, and the Lord asked her what he could do for her. He said, I, I, want, I, I want you to bless me. He said, well, you can have anything your heart desire and so the astonished young girl looked back at Jesus and she said well I want peace I want joy I want happiness I want wisdom I want freedom from fear and then she added just not for me alone but for the whole wide world Jesus looked back across the counter at her and she said I he said I think you misunderstood me we don't sell fruit we sell seeds. So what you're going to find in life is that the things you desire are going to involve a lot of hard work. Staying up late at night, getting up early in the morning. I cannot give you a magic formula to success other than W-O-R-K. And you can add H-A-R-D at the first of that. That's how you succeed in life. And some adult here that's looking at me right now that knows what I'm talking about, say amen. Amen. You have to win the daily battles of life if you're going to succeed. And there are daily things that you must make choices over. They may seem minor at the moment, but you understand me, every choice leads you somewhere. Laziness and procrastination and distractions and impatience will not get you to your desired haven. But every day you've got to win that daily battle. Remember a few weeks ago I preached to you about the battles of life. There are some battles that you fight one time and it's gone. There are other battles that you have to go at on several occasions. But there are some things in life that you have to face every day. And for David, Saul was a battle that he had to fight every day. And so when you get up in the morning and you face what you got up this morning facing, don't feel like you're a failure. Just understand that every day is a battle. And I've got to win the battle of the day because tomorrow is going to be another day. And I must not wait until tomorrow to do what I know I need to do right now. I need to learn in life that the seconds and the minutes are what count and not the hours. Years ago, there was a young man who went to a coveted school of music to learn how to play the piano. He wanted to be trained by the greatest in the world. And so as a 14-year-old prodigy, he applied and was accepted. And when it came close to the time for him to go... One of the instructors sat down with him and said, son, tell me about your daily routine. And he said, well, 
I tell you what I do. I try every day to practice one hour every day on my piano. The instructor said, well, let me give you something new to work on. I want you to quit practicing one hour every day. And she said, I want you to start working on the minutes and the seconds. Because the older you get in life, the busier life gets. And the more distracted life is. And if you have to wait for an hour to pray or an hour to read your Bible or an hour to think something good, you may not ever find an hour. But if you can take a minute here or a minute there or five minutes here, those minutes and seconds can make a difference in your life. And somebody said amen. Don't wait for somebody to come along and pump you full of inspiration. If you only work on the days you feel like working, I'm going to tell you right now, most days you're not going to work because your feeler doesn't work most days. You get up whether you feel like it or not. Any parents here say amen? Any adults here say amen? You've got to get up whether you feel inspired to get up or not. Because life is not going to wait for you to feel good about it. Life is not going to wait for you to get this fuzzy, you know, the way I like to feel when I go out into the world. It will run over you. Get up and just make up your mind. I'm going to give it the best I've got today and do all I can today. And everybody said amen. Last but not least, you've got to give up if you're going to go up. Everything in life comes at a price. And you're not ever going to get where you want to get without paying a price. Somebody say, pay a price. Turn to your neighbor and say, it costs to live. But it really costs to live for God. Nothing of value comes without sacrifice. Life is filled with a lot of critical moments when you can have the opportunity to trade one thing for another thing. Make sure that what you're trading for is better than what you're letting go. Did you get that one? Make sure that what you're letting go of is not of greater value than what you're reaching for. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. I hate to disturb you by that tonight, but you, you, uh, you'll have some cake in a moment. But in life, you don't get it the way you want it. You have to live it the way it comes. Amen? Anybody here had a perfect life? Anybody have bosses that come in every day and say, Oh, we are so thankful that you are here. We feel so honored that you got up this morning. I know you didn't want to, but you got up and you got to here. I know you were an hour and a half late, but we are so thankful that you came to work today. I don't know if our company could function if you didn't show up. Anybody have any bosses like that? Because life is not like that. Life is not waiting to pat you on the back and make you feel good about it. Life is just here to be lived. And the thing is, you have something in you that's greater than everything that's against you. And that is the power of the Holy Ghost. And that is the difference for you versus a lot of others that are facing the same moment that you're facing. Make sure that you are willing to make the sacrifices. Put off momentary pleasures for opportunities that will take you higher. I want to give you some good information. This is good for the stock market. It's good for uh, the money markets of the world. Trade up, not down. 
I said trade up, not down. If you're going to let go of it, make sure that what you're getting in exchange is of greater value and more important than what you're letting go of. Young people, if you are ready to accept the challenge that lies before you, I ask you to rise to your feet right now and stand before this congregation. Amen. Amen. Just the graduates right now. I'm going to have everybody else stand in just a moment. Don't they look good? Aren't you proud of them? Amen. I know they've already gone through all this tassel business, but we're honored that they have been willing to take this night. Brother Landon, come. We're going to help you along this journey because we're going to give you a compass and a road map tonight that will help all of you make life choices that are better nature than what you could make any otherwise. Colby Baker, would you please come and let me shake your hand and honor you. Colby is going to Texas Bible College in the fall. He's already applied, and I am so honored and thankful for the hand of God that is upon his life. Katrina, come. Let's, let's, let's applaud this young lady. Thank God for the miracle of Katrina. Most of you know this girl's story, but what, two years ago? About 15 months ago, she walked into our church for the very first time, I really think. Maybe she was here before, but this time was a life-changing time. And life has never been the same since then for her. And just recently, she came back from uh, a a missions trip to Canada. We're going to hear from her in the days to come about that journey. I know it was exciting. I don't know exactly where she's headed, but I know the hand of God's upon her and God's going to be with her. Congratulations. We're honored tonight to give this Bible to our next graduate, Sarah Mounts. Would you please come? Amen. for God. I know that. Amen. Last but not least, Brother Bailey Walker, would you please come? Bailey, I love you. Thank you, son, for being faithful. And I appreciate all of these. Don't they look good tonight? Amen. I know, I know, I know that you cannot put a monetary value on what stands before us tonight. But I'm here to tell you that you can't give enough and you can't do enough to encourage kids like this to live for God. And I want to, I want to challenge this church to rise to the occasion and let's help them become the successes that God wants them to be. Church family, would you stand? Young people, would you come and just stand across the front facing the congregation? We're going to pray over you and for you tonight before we go back for a little cake and fellowship. I want to thank them for being here. Thank you for coming tonight. 
hang around for a few moments. Would you just stretch your hand out toward these young people and let's pray over them right now. Lord Jesus, we are so humble tonight for your touch and for your mercies that are upon us. Thank you, God, for these young people. We are thankful for their families, for the young lives that, that are being formed the future that they represent, and the blessings of God that have been upon them. I pray tonight your anointed hand will rest mightily upon their lives and that you will keep them in the perfect will of God, that you will direct their paths, that you will lead them, that they will follow that word and that compass. In the name of Jesus, let your blessings be upon them and the mighty hand of God touch them in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Young people, if you want to slip out and go back to your tables, I'm going to let these folks loose and they're going to come by and love you and express their gratitude for your accomplishments and we are thankful for all of them. Church family, thank you for coming tonight. God bless all of you. Love somebody near you and tell them it's great to be a part of the family of God. Amen.